0: Garland of Visions, verse number 7, Bhāna Darshanam. The manifestation of consciousness, owing to which one experiences I am Brahman, is glorified as Turiya, the fourth. Of it, the I part is generic and the I am Brahman part is specific. turiya also, like Sthula, Sukshma and Karana, is treated here by the Guru as a Bhāna, a manifest form of consciousness. Unlike in the traditional textbooks of Advaita Vedanta, where Turiya is always treated as the experience of the non dual oneness of the unmanifest consciousness. What is Turiya? Literally, it means only the fourth. In the context of the avasthas, states of consciousness, it denotes the fourth state that follows jagrata, wakeful state, swapna, dreaming state and sushupti, deep sleep state. Here in the bhāna darshana, it comes as the fourth after the sthula, gross, sukshma, subtle, and karana, causal, manifest forms of consciousness. Turiya is not definable and is unknowable. Yet claiming that such a state exists presupposes knowing something about it. An attempt has been made in the Mandukya Upanishad to define the turiya, or the chaturtha, also meaning the fourth. Translated, it reads thus, Not inwardly known, not outwardly known, not known both ways, not pure knowledge concretized. not known, not unknown, invisible, indescribable, ungraspable, having no distinguishing marks, unthinkable, unnameable, the oneness of Atma experienced in essence, wherein all the worlds merge, absolute peace in a sense, absolute beatitude in a sense, non-dual in a sense, is thought of as the fourth. That is the Atma, and that is what is to be known. Verse number seven. Closely examined, this definition will be found to be mostly negative in nature. That is to say, the definition, instead of saying what Turiya is, simply describes what it is not. The reference to the oneness of atma experienced in a sense, absolute peace in a sense, absolute beatitude in a sense, and non-dual in a sense are the exceptions. Though the word indicates the essential content of what yogins experience in their non-dual state of existence, the very same yogins have at times tried their best to put in words what the essential content of their experience was. One of the best examples of such attempts is found in the following words from the pen of Narayana Guru himself. Attaining the transparent clarity of the one bottomless and topless, unconditioned consciousness, from top to bottom, with full transparency, is understood as Thurya consciousness. Atma Pade Satakam, verse 28. turiya in other words, means knowing the bottomless and topless absolute reality, from bottom to top, this definition suggests an experiential realm where the seeker transcends all ideas of duality, a state called Dwaya bhavana, enlightened awakening that transcends dualities elsewhere. The nature of this Dwaya Parabhavana is detailed by the Guru as follows. Seen from one side, there are various activities. They seem to be real because of niscience, avidya. Seen from the other, there is perceived pure and unconditioned consciousness alone. And this is what constitutes the realm of true knowledge, vidya. It is maya that makes the real appear always, thus two-sided. The enlightened awakening that transcends this duality alone assures the turiya state. Atpupade verse 72. That such a state exists has been testified by yogins who had its direct experience, who had tried to describe what they experienced. Others also say that such a state is experienced by yogins. Still it remains a fact that the real Turiya experience is beyond words. Every attempt to define Turiya has been the outcome of an indomitable urge from within to put in words some definite conscious experience. Bhana vritti, the rishis have had. Had it been absolutely indefinable, they would not have uttered a single word about it. But that is not the case. Every yogi of Turiya experience would try in his own way to express in words the essential content of his experience. And to that extent it is to be considered a bhana, manifest form of consciousness. Thus the Guru treats Turiya also here as one of the bhanas. The conscious experience, I am Brahman, Aham Brahma Asmi, or one's conscious self-identity with the Absolute, is what the Guru distinguishes as Turiya Bhana. Aham Brahma Asmi is one of the great diktas, the Mahavakyas of Vedanta, made more concise here by the Guru as Aham Brahma. All Mahavakyas try to express this one experience using different words relevant to different contexts. The Mahavakyas of Vedanta are traditionally considered as four in number. Tvam that thou art. Aham Brahma Asmi, I am the Absolute. I am Atma Brahma, the Self is the Absolute. Pragnanam Brahma, Consciousness is the Absolute. All these are in the form of equations. They equate the universal and particular aspects of reality. The word aham, I, tvam, you, I am, atma, this self, and pragnanam, consciousness, in these denote the particular facets of reality, and tat, that, and brahman, the absolute, the universal. What each of these equations suggests is the experience of oneness of the essential content of reality that becomes manifest both as the particular and the universal. Such an experience is attained by each individual, and the individual refers to himself or herself as I. The inner certitude that the essential content in the being of I is none other than that in the being of all the worlds, is what the Turiya Bhana suggests. It could be compared to a wave looking at itself and realising itself to be water in content, and then coming to the certitude that the same water is the essential content of the being of the entire ocean. The wave thus realises, I am the ocean. Similar is an individual seeker's realisation, I am Brahman. Another peculiarity noticeable in all these dicta, the fourth one apart, is that one limb of each equation is in the form of a pronoun. The dictum, tat that thou art, is in the form of instruction given by a guru to his disciple. For this reason it is known as upadesha vakya, dictum in the form of instruction. The limb that signifies the particular aspect in this equation is tvam, thou or you. The second person pronoun, The disciple, on hearing this word of instruction, cogitates on it meditatively and finally realizes, I am that or I am the absolute, Aham Brahma Asmi. For this reason, the dictum is known as Anubhava Vakya, experiential dictum. The word Aham, I, is in the first person pronoun. The third dictum, I am Atma Brahma, this self is the absolute in essence, is uttered by neither a master nor a disciple, but by a self-realized visionary, intended for no one else. The limb in this sentence, signifying the particular aspect of reality, is I am atma, this self. The word I am, this, is the third person pronoun. The particular aspect in the fourth sentence is represented by Pragnanam, consciousness and it signifies the consciousness content in thwam, aham and ayam atma, and thus transcends the realm of pronouns. These dicta altogether show thus that the reality is in what appears to be referable by all the three kinds of pronouns, and even what is beyond their realm is Brahman alone. Yet another peculiarity is that these four dikta appear in four different Upanishads as a sort of condensed form of their teachings. Tat-tvam in the Chandogya Upanishad, Aham Brahmasmi in the Hadaranyaka Upanishad, I am Atma Brahma in the Mandukya Upanishad and Prajnanam Brahma in the Aitreya Upanishad. These four Upanishads in their turn are appended to the four Vedas, Chandogya to the Samaveda, Brihadarneka to the Yajur Veda, Mandukya to the Atharva Veda, and Ayitreya to the Rig Veda. In short, the wisdom content of the four Vedas, summarized in the four Upanishads, is again condensed in the form of the four Dikta, each equating the individual seeker, referred to in second person, first person, third person, and personlessly with Brahman. Of these four, it is the experiential dictum, Aham Brahmasmi, that the Guru selected here as the example of Turiya Bhana. In fact, Aham Brahmasmi is the only example that could be cited in the case of Turiya Bhana, whereas the other three Bhanas could have many examples. Suppose someone utters the word Aham, I alone. What the listener then understands would be that he is going to say something about himself, that something could be anything. So the utterance is very vague and generic in denotation. For this reason, aham in the sentence aham brahma asmi is treated as the samanya turiya bhana by the guru here. Adding the word brahman gives a definiteness to the statement and thus the listener gets a specific understanding about the intention of the other person. Therefore, the Brahman part of the sentence is considered as visesha turiya bhana. As the connotation of the sentence aham brahma smi, transcends the realm of bhana and attains the experience of the self having merged in the absolute, then no more aham would be there, no more Brahman would be there. It would simply be the pure effulgence of the all-encompassing chit which can never be counted as a bhāna or manifest form of consciousness at all.